Welcome everyone once again to this online service. Uh, if this happened to be your first time with us, my name is Pedro Samuel, and uh, I am one of the pastors here at uh, New Life Church. We would like again to thank you for your time, uh, and we pray that God's will will be accomplished in your life this morning. So two weeks ago, we have started a new series in the book of Acts. I hope that so far it has been at least engaging. And we have entitled, or titled this series, The Gospel in Motion. And the book of Acts retract, retracts how God established, built, and grew his church. And today, we will see that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in the disciples, launching or beginning uh, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. The church of Christ began with the coming of the Holy Spirit. And this is important for us to understand it during these days or in this time, in this season. This is important, an important portion of the scripture. And to understand that means to understand who we are as a church. You see, who we are and what we do as a church is not a matter of what we think. It's not a matter of what we want for the church to be or for the church to do. Remember that the church that we are talking about, this ecclesia, this assembly, is the assembly of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the church of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is building his church. And he says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Therefore, we need to come to the book of Acts with our heart open to learn. Because this is talking about you and me in this closer relationship, the covenant relationship that you and me, we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. And today we are seeing the birth, as I say, of the church. And this is the place in the scripture that we will see today that the church of Jesus Christ came into existence. And it came into existence with the coming of the Holy Spirit. So our passage for this morning is in book of Acts, chapter 2, from verse 1 to verse 13. That says the word of God. When the day of Pentecost arrived... They were all together in one place. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues, as of fire, appeared to them and rest on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in another tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, 
There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devoted, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one, each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is, how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belong to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own, in our own tongues the might works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new one. Let's pray. Father, we are totally dependent on you. The Bible says, Lord, if you regard sin in our hearts, Lord, who can prevail? But we are so thankful for our Lord Jesus Christ, who made a new and living way for each one of us to stand before you without guilt because he has paid the price for our sins at the cross of Calvary. And he said that we are not orphans. He left so that the Trinity would come and dwell in us in and through the sending of the Holy Spirit that is with us today. Lord, will you fill us again afresh with your power this morning as we meditate and remember how church came into existence, Lord. May we find ourselves in the passage or in the words of this morning. And we, may we bow to you with all our heart and, the, and receive your word that is able to save our soul, not as a word of man, but as a word that comes from you. Lord, everything we do here, we commit it to the Holy Spirit, myself included, as I deliver your word to your people and to my brother and my sister that in the comfort of their home, they are listening to this word. Lord, may we bow down to you and glorify your name in and through this word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. In our passage of today, we are 50 days after the resurrection and 10 days after Jesus' ascension to heaven. And as we saw two weeks ago, before his ascension, 
Jesus promised his disciples that they will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and that they will receive power to become Jesus' witness starting from Jerusalem to all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And all this would happen when the Holy Spirit will come. We see that if you just go back one page in your Bible. See with me Acts chapter 1 verse 5 first. Jesus is saying to his disciples, For John baptized, baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. But Jesus, even before this passage that we just read, even before that in the Gospels, he was talking much about this day of the coming of the Holy Spirit that we will see in a few minutes. In the passage that we read in our opening scripture, it was very clear that Jesus said to his disciples, he actually promised to his disciples that he would pray to the Father that for, for the Father to send a, a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit to us, not leaving us orphans. And over there we read also that Jesus is saying, if you obey my commandments, I and my Father will come and dwell in you. And this is accomplished in and through the Holy Spirit. Remember in verse 2 over there, Jesus is saying that you, the Holy Spirit is with you, but he will be in you. And we see even before in Luke 24, 49, Jesus also made the promise to them when he said, Behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So in our passage from of this morning we see the promised holy spirit by the way this is the title of my message the promised holy spirit coming upon jesus disciples inaugurating what many scholars call the church age but this is also the moment i believe that god let me say in his sovereignty he was expecting to come or to perform that because this is the moment that God brings into reality the promises also that he made in the Old Testament. To and that promise was to create a new community of people with a new and regenerated heart. From this moment, as the Holy Spirit come, we have 
a new humanity in Christ. We have a new person in Christ. We have the church. And as we do that, as we see all this, we need to bring in our minds all these promises that even in the Old Testament and in the Gospels, Jesus was promising to us. Just like the Holy Spirit came and prepared the disciples in the beginning of the church to proclaim Christ with their words and their lies to the world around them, today the same Holy Spirit is in the same business of equipping us so that through us, the church, the new community of believers, the people with the new heart, because of our Lord Jesus Christ, through us, God can manifest his manifold wisdom and may he be known to the world around us. But this, if we completely surrender to the control and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray that by the end of this message, the Father will open up our minds for us to understand the revealed mystery about the church that starts here in Acts chapter 2. So that we can in fact be whatever God has created us to be and do whatever God has created us to do. And this is a word for New Life Church this morning. We need to understand who we are as a church. As uh, we said earlier, we are 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, which in God's providence was the exact day that the Jews commemorated one of their three main feast, feasts, which was the Feast of Pentecost. In Israel times, God established three feasts, three celebrations that the Israelites had to commemorate yearly. The Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. These feasts were important reminder that God gave Israel to keep and that their fulfillment is in Christ. We do not have time to go in details about each one of the feasts. But this feast of Pentecost is called that name uh, in Greek. It is actually the festival in the Old Testament known as the Feast of Weeks. The Greek word over there for uh, uh, 50 or penta, which is 50, refers then to the 50 days after, uh, uh, after the Feast of Passover. But after the exile, the Israelite, Israelites, they were commemorating this feast also, due, uh, remembering the giving of the Mosaic law. Since 
the Mosaic law was given 50 days after the people of Israel left Exodus. And remember that I said that God has promised to give a new heart and to put his laws into not longer into a stone, but into the hearts of his people. And this is what uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit just accomplished. Let's read now and see and deep and dive deep in our test of this morning. My first point of this morning is the fulfillment of the promise. The fulfillment of the promise. Verse 1. When the day, the, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. It's not the first time that Luke uh, that recorded this event is narrating that the disciples were all together. Uh, last week we saw that they were together in prayer, but here the Bible just said that they were together in one place. And from this moment we can understand and from Jesus' prayers, also in John 17, that the unity of the church is important for the work of the Holy Spirit, for what God wants to accomplish in and through us. You see there that they were together in one place. And I believe that this is describing their commitment to one another, their commitment to obey Jesus Christ because remember that Jesus Christ told, he, told them for them to do what? To wait in the city. So they were all together committed to obey Christ in that commandment that he gave. But see there, they were not in their own houses. They were all in one place. Brothers and sisters, we cannot uh, affirm that. And we will see this very clear in the book of Acts. If the church wants to progress as the first church in Jerusalem, unity, commitment, gathering, is of utmost importance. But see that the Bible over there says that this happened in the day of Pentecost. Verse 2 says that suddenly there came from heaven a sound like as they were in the house. They came suddenly a sound from heaven, a sound like a mighty rushing wind. If I ask from this verse, where does the sound came from? It came from heaven. Showing that what is happening there is from God's own initiative. Brothers and sisters, the church is not an idea of man. The God that created us, he is the one in his sovereignty. He declares that the church will come to existence. And how he does that? A sound like, and this is important because... Many times we think that uh, because of the movies that we have uh, seen, 
we think that it was blowing everything around. We think that that wind was that strong, but this is not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that a sound like a might rushing wind. What that sound did, it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Remember that I told you that Jesus in in chapter 1, he made two promises. In verse, verse 5, he says that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The meaning of baptism or being baptized simply is to be immersed. Simply to be completely covered. And what the Bible is trying to uh, 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 to show us from these words is that that baptism is taking place. Why? Because the sound filled the entire house where they were sitting. That was for the disciples for them to know that that promise that Christ did is now coming to fulfillment. Christ is accomplishing what he has promised to us. And we see here that the Bible says, verse 3, and divided tongues like or as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Again, the tongues that he's saying here is like fire, as of fire. They were not tongues of fire. They were tongues like fire. And why, why we, we can ask why? Why these things is happening there? Brothers and sisters, this was a unique event in the in the in in the in the history of the church and because it was something that was did never happen before and will never happen after please stay with me okay understand what i'm saying the disciples they need to be assured that this thing that is happening here is the Holy Spirit or Jesus fulfilling his promise of giving us the Holy Spirit. That's why God allowed them to see the tongues of fire in each or resting in each one of them. Why Luke is choosing that word rest? Because at this time, the Holy Spirit will not be only with them or upon them, but the Holy Spirit will be in them. See what Jesus promised in John 14, and we will see this accomplished and fulfilled rightly in this passage. 
as the Holy Spirit comes and fill them and indwell into each one of them. All the disciples are brought together in one body. The Holy Spirit bind them together in one baptism. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit into the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. In book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, the Bible says, Paul is saying that all of us as believers, we were baptized into the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. But the first one, the first church, the first people that received the baptism of the Holy Spirit was these one and twenty believers in the upper room uh, in Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, it is important for us because this is a matter of uh, a great confusion today. And I know that this message will not be enough for us to clear all things about the topic of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But one thing came to my mind when I was preparing just to understand and try to renew my mind in some areas. If we ask how humanity came into existence, all of us as a believers, we will agree that all of us, we came from Adam and Eve. True or false? I believe it's true. But do you remember how Adam was created? Or how Eve was created? From that point forward, did God went and create every male and female in the same faction he did with Adam and Eve? This is only for, for us to try to understand. And what is happening here is that a new man is being created from above. And what will happen from this point forward, the reproduction of this new man will not be in the same fashion that happened in this time. But again, remember what Jesus promised in verse 8. You start being my witness where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Saying, brothers and sisters, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's only one baptism. It's when now we, as a believers, when we respond to God's word in our lives, the Holy Spirit automatically and supernaturally, He comes to our lives and He puts us in covenant relationship with one another and the life of our Lord Jesus Christ is our portion. Remember that Jesus said to Nicodemus, those that are born of the Spirit, they really don't know where the Spirit comes, but they just know that something in them has changed. 
That sees how the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens. But the verses doesn't stop there, isn't it? Verse 4 says, And they were all filled, all right, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit them, or gave them utterance. So, two things are happening here. Acts 1, 5, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 8, you will receive power to be my witness when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And these two things are happening at the same time as the Holy Spirit comes and fills the house where these 1 in 20 believers were sitting. And this part of, of this, what is said here in verse uh, 4, is then the enablement. Why do I say enablement? Because see, that the Holy Spirit is giving words to the disciples and to the 120 for them to speak something. They are not speaking in their own initiative. They are speaking in the initiative of the Holy Spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit is in them. The Holy Spirit is controlling them. The Holy Spirit is uh, promoting or causing them to speak. They began to speak in another tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And we will see that they began that another tongues is another language. A language that they will not know, they don't know. And we will see that very clear in the next point. Brothers and sisters, as I said, the second event or the second thing that is happening here is the feeling of the Holy Spirit. The first one was the baptism, but this uh, second one is the feeling of the Holy Spirit. The first one is in complete control and sovereignty of our God. He is the one that gives life to the dead, a spiritually dead, according to Ephesians chapter 2. We were dead in our trespasses. We could not respond to God. But when the gospel comes, God in and through our Lord Jesus Christ, or the work of our Lord Jesus Christ, he gives us life and he makes us to be united with Christ and united with one another. But the second thing is now the ability or the enablement of the Holy Spirit that uh, give us the capacity for us to walk in obedience with our Lord Jesus Christ. And this feeling of the Holy Spirit, it's not one-time event. This is the one that is not one-time event. And if you follow us in, the, in this journey in the book of Acts, you will see repeatedly the Bible says, 
And the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit again and again. Brothers and sisters, if we as a church, if we as a believers, we want to be and do whatever God has asked as for us to be and do, we need to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. But how we do that? When we say be controlled by the Holy Spirit, we are saying that everything we do must have initiative in the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And But you can ask, how do we, do we know what the Holy Spirit wants us to do? Simple. He has inspired this word for us to know exactly what we need to do. And Colossians 3, 16, the Bible says that let God's word dwell in you so that we can then, through God's word, be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, God can only be our God in and through his word. The way he orders our lives is in and through his word. The way he is God in our lives is in and through his word. How the Holy Spirit enables us for us to obey God in and through God's word. And we will see this next week when Pastor will preach about the proclamation that Peter does after this event. My second point this morning, the purpose of the promise. This is from verses 5 to verses 11. We see there in verse 5, the Bible says, Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews. Remember, this is the Feast of Pentecost. So Jews that were living overseas in the world then, they needed to come in Jerusalem in a, as a pilgrim to participate in this feast. These Jews were living in Mesopotamia, in Persian Medes. And you see there in verse 11 saying that Jews and proselytes, the word proselytes there, they were Gentiles, meaning non-Jews uh, people that have converted to Judaism. That's the meaning of the word proselytes. All these people, they were gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost when these events that we have just uh, mentioned in verses 1 to 4 occurred. But why? The question is, why? Why God choose exactly that day and for which purpose the promise of the Holy Spirit came? Remember Jesus in Luke, oh, in John 16, he says that the Holy Spirit will not talk of himself. Everything that he will hear, he will speak. And he will glorify me. 
And this is exactly what the Holy Spirit in and through the apostle is doing. He is preparing the way for the glorification of our Lord Jesus Christ. How? How he does that? Walk with me. See, first of all, because of the sound, verse 6, at this sound, which sound? The sound like a mighty rushing wind in verse 2. So because of the sound, the multitude just came closer where the apostles were. And miraculously, as the Bible says, they start speaking. They start, the, the disciples start speaking in a foreign language. How do we know that? See with me, look verse uh, 7. And they, the people that came, were amazed and astonished, saying, are not these all uh, uh, are not all these who are speaking Galileans verse 8 and how is it that we hear each of us in in his own native languages first of all there is one thing that we need to know about Galileans they were let me say like a a, a level a, a poor uh, a, a poor people in that Judea region. For you to have that very clear in your mind, you will remember when uh, in the Gospel of John, one of the disciples, Nathanael, when his brother came and said, Jesus is calling you, he said, is there something good coming from where? Nazareth. And Nazareth is a small city of Galilee. They were poor. They could not speak properly. Uh, remember Peter, when Jesus was crucified, he was warming himself in the fire. And some people say, were you not with, with also Jesus? He said, no, 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 I was not. What did they say? But the way you speak proves or says that you are also part of him. Where? Galilean. So Galilean were not... Uh, were not people that, let me say, studied too much, okay? They were not intellectual, so to speak. They were the outcasts. But these outcast people, without going to school, they start speaking all these languages that exist in the world of that time. If you see each uh, nation that is mentioned there, and for those that like history, they will know that it comprises all world of that time. And the disciples simply, in and through the enablement of the Holy Spirit, they were speaking this language. And what they were doing, they were simply speaking about the works of God. Verse 11, end of verse 11. After the Bible naming all these nations, and they said, we hear them telling in our own language, in our own tongues, the mighty words of God. But remember, these people, they were Jews. And when we go back to the Old Testament, who, which was their Bible, we see an exaltation of the might works of God in the praises of the people over there in 
Israel on that time of the Old Testament. And whenever they proclaim the mighty works of God, they will always refer to the creation. They always will refer to the things that God has done for them, uh, uh, delivering them from Egypt. Those are the mighty words of God that they were proclaiming. But what is astonishing and what the Holy Spirit is doing, he is trying to break everything in the mind of the people that are listening to these disciples proclaiming God's word to them. He is trying to take all the hindrance that will prevent them to listen to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ that you will see next week. Brothers and sisters, here there is one important application that we need to do in our lives. Many of us, we are praying for our beloved ones, Parents praying for their children, for them to know Christ. Pastors praying for the congregation, for those that don't know Christ, to know Christ. Maybe in your family you have someone that doesn't know Christ that you are praying for. But sometimes we think that our words are the one transforming the heart of these people. But this is not true. Only God, only the Holy Spirit has the power to transform people's heart. So we need to see it very clear. The Holy Spirit is doing that in these people. He's preparing their heart for them to receive the gospel. In and through the proclamation of the might works of God. But unfortunately, every time that God's word is proclaimed we have two kinds of response. One, those that accept and bow down. And second, those that reject and harden their heart. And this leads me to my final point uh, of this morning. Verses 12 and 13, a response to the promise. Here we see now one response to the promise. Like everyone was amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does, it, what does this mean? What is the meaning of all this? Those are the people that were now ready to receive what? The proclamation of the gospel next Friday. But others, verse 13, see there, what did they do? They mock and say they are filled with new wine. They are filled with new wine. So they are drunk. Even with everything that they were seeing. And these was miraculous signs. Done by God in and through the Holy Spirit. They were still. There were some people that were still unbelieving. But it's not the same today. You and me we are. Seated under God's word day after and day in. 
And some of us, we still refuse to surrender our lives in obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ. We refuse because we want to be in the control of our lives. This is what these people are doing here. They are mocking. And how do they do that? They try to ridicularize, yeah? ridicularize those that are proclaiming the word in order for what they are saying not to be accepted. Instead of acknowledging and bowing down to the word that they are listening. Brothers and sisters, we are inviting you today to bow down to God's word. If you are not a believer today, don't mock to the proclamation of God's word. Don't mock. And if you are a believer, receive God's word in your life as it is with that obedient heart. One of my professors once says that no matter how many truths and evidence the word, uh, from the word you can present to someone in order to convince the person about the truth, if they don't want to believe, they will not believe. So what then we learn from, from this passage today? Brothers and sisters, as a believers, we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit when we gave our lives to our Lord Jesus Christ. But if, having done so, we need now the enablement, the power of the Holy Spirit for us to continue in obedience, our walk in obedience to our Lord Jesus Christ. And the way we do that is when we open our lives to the Word of God and to prayer. I want to show this very clearly to you, that we need that enablement through God's Word and through, His, uh, uh, and through prayer. Go with me in Luke uh, very quickly, chapter 11, verse uh, 13. Luke 11, 13. The contest is Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. And he says there at the end, If you then are evil, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give who? The Holy Spirit to those who do what? Who ask him? I want to say that what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples here is that you cannot live this life that I'm giving to you without the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do ministry, New Life Church, without the power of the Holy Spirit. But what do we need to do? We need to ask God for what? For the power of the Holy Spirit. For the enablement of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Paul learned this lesson very well. Writing to the Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 1. See the content of his prayer to God for the Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15. We don't have time to read everything. But I'll go 
verse 15. Let me see. Let me read. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith, they are already believers, okay? They were baptized already in our Lord Jesus Christ. I heard of your faith and your love. The Bible says, Romans 5, 5, that the love of Christ is in us in and through the Holy Spirit. If they love, it's because they have already the Holy Spirit. Therefore, they are believers. They have been baptized into the body of Christ. They are already believers. But see now what Paul continues and praying for them. I do not cease, verse 16, to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may do what? May give you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Brothers and sisters, we need to know our Lord Jesus Christ in order for us to live for him. How do we know him? In his word. But also in and through prayers. And this is what we learn from here. As New Life Church, as individuals, as a family, if we are believers, we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But we need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us day in and day out, every day. So that we can live a life that will be glory, will bring glory to our God. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, there is some deepness in this word that we have heard this morning. And I pray that we, are, we will, can be able to talk a little bit more about what we just heard for us to be instructed on your ways but we pray lord will you fill us afresh with your spirit as ephesians 5:18 says for us to keep being being filled with your spirit lord will you fill us afresh today so that we can live a holy life so that we can surrender our lives to you. So that we can obey you as you have promised. That you will put your spirit in us. And cause us, oh Lord, to obey your rules. Lord, we pray. Fill us afresh on your spirit. And we thank you. We thank you because you have given us your spirit. Your spirit is with us. Help us not to ignore him in our lives as individuals, as a family, and as a church so that we can glorify your name. Father, do this for your name's sake and for your own glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.